I'm Ashling Keenan and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, now in its 12th season and supported by Water Wipes, the number one baby wipe brand in Ireland, made with simply two ingredients and nothing else. When I had my daughter, I wanted something I could trust to use on her skin and Water Wipes were, and still are, the one. I once made the mistake of trying a different brand never again. I did not realise just how much of a difference there could be between two fairly similar brands, but it was huge. My daughter is now two and a half and I panic if I don't have at least one pack of water wipes within line of sight. With that in mind, I'm happy to say this season is supported by that most essential of products for every mum, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2023, including Best Baby Wipes and Best Baby Skincare Essential, they are ideal for delicate newborn skin. Together, we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Every Mum, the podcast. I am Ashley Keenan, your host, and my voice is not what it is normally this week because I have a bit of a cold. So you'll have to excuse me if my voice breaks during this intro read. This week, I speak to Irish model and mother of one, Kelly Harrigan. Although Kelly delivered her beautiful little boy almost 14 months ago now, she is still feeling the long-term effects of her delivery. After her son's birth, Kelly found she had something called pudendal neuralgia, which sees her in constant nerve pain from her episiotomy scar all the way down her leg. She still struggles with it and attends physio, and could even have to have procedures in future to stop the pain, including going to a pain management clinic for injections. Through it all, Kelly remains so positive, but she says that the after effects of her delivery still stay in her mind even now. For any mother who is still feeling like they're not physically or mentally back to themselves, this episode will definitely resonate. Kelly Harrigan, thank you so much for giving us your time today on Every Mom of the Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. And like I saw you at an event the other day. So in case anyone listening doesn't know, Kelly is the most beautiful person on planet Earth. She's a model and she was um, having her makeup done at an event the other day for Poco Beauty, Pip O'Connor's brand. And my first thought was, that is so upsetting. How can someone look that good? after having a baby recently like what what what's your problem (laughs) no it's not even that recent though like he's 14 months that's why I'm still I I feel good and then I'm like well I kind of want to be it's like over a year ago but well this is a a dreamy event as well I was like oh my god it was beautiful yeah I was like it's like a holiday yeah no it was gorgeous. No, that's it. And actually this week as well, I went to London. Uh, I went on Tuesday, came back Wednesday and a couple of people at the event were like, oh, and how come you came all this way? And I was like, well, I have a toddler. So any yeah. opportunity to get away for 24 yeah. hours. Obviously, I used to say I no take. for things that were like kind of far. And now I'm like, Johnny Gall? Yeah, I'll drive to Johnny Absolutely. Yeah, like <laughs> podcast on with my own thoughts. <laughs> Isn't it nice? So although obviously you look like a radiant angel, 14 months later because I still look like a toe by all accounts you're so your your recovery 
hasn't been straightforward. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So take me, take me back to kind of like, how do how were you through pregnancy first of all? And then how was your delivery? And then kind of what happened from there? I hate saying this to you, but I loved being pregnant. Oh, I know. I feel terrible. <laughs> I was like, I know I'm going to have to say this to her today. <laughs> I understand Listen, that. I'm ha- I am happy for you. I honestly, like there is nothing but happiness in my heart for you because <laughs> I like, I know that pregnancy can be a wonderful thing. And I'm so glad that you got to experience that. So yeah. continue. <laughs> my sister was pregnant exactly a year before me and she had high right. So when I enjoyed it, I was like, I'm really going to savor this because I know yes. how it can be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I loved being pregnant. Um, Like pretty typical pregnancy. I, I kind of had like pelvic girdle pain and stuff towards the end, which like wasn't ideal, but it was lovely. Like I, I loved being pregnant. I loved my body. I felt really confident. I loved how nice everyone was to me. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, just loved it. I, I, I sailed through pregnancy. Sorry. <laughs> I love that. No, I love that. And I love that you like, you got to embrace how nice everyone was to you and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I kind of feel like I was hidden away a bit from my pregnancy because I was so ill. So I didn't yeah. get that. I didn't get that kind of community support, if you like, or, yeah. you know. Yeah, and you were in COVID times as well. So like I was going yeah. out and shopping and yeah. And I was just pregnant when uh, Rihanna was pregnant. So it was just when like the bump out thing was a thing. And I was like, I'm just going to embrace this. So I was like walking around with my bump out. Like I just loved it. I just, Gorgeous. I've never like, I've never felt so body confident. Like I just felt really nice. So I yeah, that. the pregnancy was really good. And then like my labor, honestly, my labor and birth experience was so mm. good right up until the last two minutes, I'd say, because he was born with okay. steps. So everything went exactly what I kind of expected. I'd done lots of like listening to positive birth stories and, you know, all that kind of thing, reading mm. books. Mm. And like I went into labor spontaneously two days before my due date. So like that was like unheard of for a first pregnancy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That was lovely. Um, and yeah, like the actual labor, like, albeit hard, it was what I expected. And then, yeah, unfortunately he was born by forceps. And even that wasn't like the worst thing at the time. It was only until a couple of weeks later that I realized, oh, hang on, I'm actually not really recovering as I expected that mm-hmm. I kind of realized that things weren't. That there was a problem. Like, oh, yeah, they were going to be. Yeah. And when you say you went into labor spontaneously, how did that happen? Was it dramatic like it is in the movies or was it like, did a mucus plug fly across a restaurant or how? No, it was kind of like the movies, to be honest. And I know like I was always listening to people saying, you know, it's never like the movies. Yeah, 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 of course. He had gone to work and he he works in a barbershop. So mm-hmm. I knew he was going to like, he won't, wouldn't be on his phone for a couple of hours. So I was like, right, I'll mm-hmm. see you in a few hours. And then like a couple of minutes after he left, I was just lying on the couch. Like at least I was at home. I was like, you know. Yeah in my in my zone yeah and my water's issue just broke like all over the couch I was like, <laughs> and it's funny because I had actually said like all throughout my pregnancy like I'm not going to tell anyone I'm going into labor like me and Steve will just go we'll have the baby and then we'll just FaceTime everyone and then because I knew I couldn't get in touch with Steve I was like mom help me like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So my mom came around and you know when someone else is kind of panicking it strangely makes you a bit calm Yes, I was like, it's gonna be fine. Like I wasn't in pain, so I knew like it wasn't imminent. Like I knew nothing was really happening. But she was like, get Steve home. Like you need to go to the hospital. So I'd send. We actually had a little agreement that I'd say SOS. I'd send like a little SOS message. So it's like SOS, and he came home. Um, and we went up to the hospital. But I was only one centimeter. They were like, go home. Yeah. But I had Louis in the rotunda, and I live like a solid hour away with no traffic. So I was like what is going to happen now if I like go into like painful active labor and I have to drive back up and it's like rush hour. So I was like, Oh no. But 
they told me to go home. I actually had a lovely midwife who was like, go home and just get your oxytocin flowing, like watch your favorite movie, have your favorite meal. So Steve made me, because I hadn't had steak like all throughout my pregnancy. He's like, I'll make you steak. So I had like one bite and I was like, I can't do this. I was swaying over the island. Like, so my mom came back around and she was like on the oxytocin thing as well. She was like, come on, let's listen to Celine Dion. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you know, my friend Aaron, she's like, just think of you and Aaron dancing in a nightclub to the song. And I was like, trying to, trying to get in the zone so So, like all of that was really nice and then I went up to the hospital and I was still like two centimeters at this stage I'm like and how long was that like your water broke at 12 in the the day day. and I went up to the hospital at like nine that night and they were like two centimeters I was like no check again that couldn't be right no way (laughs) and at this stage like I was in pain so I was like I can't go home I'm so sorry I actually just can't do that drive again because agony in the car so I actually had a bath in the rotunda, which I didn't know you could do. Well, I stayed right. in the bath for like two or three hours and it was just me and Steve. And like Steve went to sleep. I was kind of like falling asleep in between contractions and like mm-hmm. just like really in the zone. Yeah. And then when the midwife came back, I was like eight centimeters by that stage. So yeah, it, it all went really quick then. So she was kind of saying to me, look, I think like baby is coming very soon, but there was no room in the delivery suite. So okay. I was in this um, ward. I think it's where like women stay before they're having inductions and things like that. So like okay, they were yeah. all asleep, like fully asleep. And I was really conscious of them. I was like, I'm so yeah, sorry. yeah, so sorry, girls. I can't make like, noise. Like, like, yeah. yeah, I was literally <laughs> moving like the cow. I was do- doing that real low moan thing that you hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought he was going to be born then that was probably like midnight or one o'clock and then he wasn't born until six o'clock in the morning or like quarter to six or something like that so like it went on and on they, they had told me they were like no he's coming he really is coming and yeah. I kind of went into it just wanting to see how I get on with no epidural so I was like yeah. right I'll see how I do but by mm. this stage I was like get me the epidural but it was too yeah. late what they were telling me it was too late so too late yeah yeah, but I was you, not, were like, you exhausted? Like, were you absolutely yeah. wrecked? Yeah. Yeah, by the end, like, I was wrecked. Yeah. And um, how did you handle the contractions and things without without an epidural? Actually, no. I had all, like, the intentions of doing the breathing and stuff, but I don't know if I really did that. Like, I'd love to look back. I'd mm. love, like, a video of myself, because I don't video, really yeah. know how yeah. I hoped. I think I knew I wasn't getting the epidural because they were telling me no, so I was kind of like, all right, well, at least he's coming shortly, but sure he didn't. Mm. But, yeah, it was like I didn't really have a choice. I just have to do it. So yeah, yeah. And then it just got to the point where like I was pushing and he just wasn't, just wasn't coming. So the doctor came just to have a look and I'm not joking, within about two or three minutes, like I've actually seen my notes and it's like three minutes, his head was out by forceps. So like all right. of a sudden she came in and she was like, right, we're doing a forceps. And he was just out then. So that was the only part that I'd say was kind of traumatic in a sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I and think did- for as well. Did the doctor coming in, because I know from talking to friends and, and family and stuff that the appearance of a doctor, when your labor is, is progressing kind of, you know, normally for want of yeah. a better word, like the appearance of, of a doctor or or of a medical team of some kind or, you know, someone coming in who you're not expecting, that can kind of give you a bit of a fright because you're like, well, is there something wrong? What's going on? Like why? So did the peer, the appearance of the doctor with the forceps or, or the appearance of a doctor in the first place make you kind of go, is everything not okay here? Like what's going on? Or were you just like, oh, okay, they're just coming to check or were you kind of calm or were you like, what the hell? I think I was so tired that I, I don't really think I knew, like I didn't, I didn't think that anything was going to happen. I thought she was just coming in to check. So I wasn't like, oh, something's yes. wrong here. Yeah. And yeah. like his heart rate was fine. You know, when you hear people being like, oh, they were saying his heart rate was going down or whatever. Nothing was really yes. happening. There was nothing okay. wrong with me or him. It was just, 
he wasn't he was taking his time. Okay. Yeah, so I think, yeah, that was probably a good thing that I didn't really know what was to come. And I didn't really look up like what a forceps or the suction thing was like. I So yeah. I didn't know. And I think that was probably a good thing because. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. This podcast is just one way that every mum supports you. Another amazing way is our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one baby wipe in Ireland. To receive yours, register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. And so was the forceps to, to, to kind of get into talking about your recovery then, which I know I, this is what kind of made me think I need to, to have Kelly on because your recovery has been very prolonged. Was it a direct result of the forceps intervention? I don't know. I okay. mean, I don't think anyone's going to say that to me in the hospital. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like from what I've researched, like my own kind of gut instinct is, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what's caused okay. it. Um, so talk to me about what actually, what happened then. So you were saying a couple of weeks later, you realized all was not well with yeah. you. So I, I went home, I think it was like day six or seven, the public health nurse came out to me mm-hmm, and yeah. I actually didn't realize that they look at the woman as well. I thought it was just that they checked the baby, but she was like, oh, hop up there and I'll check her stitches. Yeah. And then she, she kind of looked and she was like, are you not in agony? And I was like, well, yeah, but like, I just had a baby, like yeah, I had a yeah. of forceps, like it's kind of what I expected on my first baby. Like I didn't know any difference. So she was like, your wound is completely open, like right down into your muscle, like that's really bad so she's like you're gonna have to go back up to the hospital so I was kind of like yeah like I'll I'll go tomorrow I think this was like four or five in the evening so I was like I'll go tomorrow and she's like no you really you should go now so my mom came with me and when I got there I was kind of just thinking they might throw like a stitch or two in and that would be fine like it wasn't gonna be a big deal Mm -hmm. and when I got there the registrar was like oh yeah like we don't generally re-suture things like this like it wouldn't be common to like put any stitches in but you might need an antibiotic or something like that so then when they looked, they were like, oh, okay, no, we'll have to keep you in and give you like an IV antibiotic and you'll have to go down to theatre tomorrow. So I think that's when I was like, oh, okay, it's quite bad. Um, so yeah, and where, was, where, like, where are you not in agony? No. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't. <laughs> but, did, but did you just think it was normal? Yeah. I mean, like I was kind of trying to use my cup on like, well you know, it's, I've been cut open down there. I've been, yeah. I, I was yeah. looking on TikTok of like what forceps, like how traumatic they are to your body. And I was kind yeah. of thinking, well, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And like I was discharged. So I thought mm-hmm. well, all must be well. Um, but yeah, like I, it was really painful. Um, and yeah, then I went, I stayed that night and then the next day I went down to theatre. I finally got my epidural. <laughs> I got the epidural for that part. Um, Two weeks after the baby came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Better late than never. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like even then I was like, because they seemed really confident in surgery. They're like, that's really well stitched now. And like other people were coming over me and like, yeah, that looks good on their line. Like, okay, great. Um, And then they'd actually said something. I'm like this big, I, I hate the whole six week mark. You know, okay, you, yeah, oh, yeah. Six weeks, you get your six week check and then you can go back to the gym. I just think that's really unfair to say to women because you just hold on to that six weeks. You're like, okay, in six weeks, I'm going to be normal. So I'd already had that in my head. And then they said to me, okay, you know, it's probably going to be more eight weeks kind of thing. And like, I was devastated at that. I was like, eight weeks just seems so long. Like, little did I know, like, I'm 14 months later, I'm still in the perineal clinic, physio, um, like, still in treatment. But yeah, I just, I just didn't know what was going to be ahead. 
Oh my God. And so after you had that surgery then and several people checked your vagina to tell you it looked well stitched, <laughs> which, you know, is you just kind of leave your dignity at the door in those oh, situations, absolutely. don't I you? I don't really have any dignity anyway with my job. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm another person. All right, I'm get done. down there. No, but because I remember like when I, when I was having my section, <laughs> this is, oh, I can't believe I'm about to say this on a podcast. <laughs> but um, I, so you're lying there. Any Anyone who's had a section, We'll, we'll know this so you're lying there and there's about probably 15 people in the in the delivery room uh, the, oh, the, 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 yeah it's a lot because you have you know you've the anesthetist and you've got your nurse and then you've got yeah. your consultant if they're delivering your baby and you've got a couple of um other you know uh pediatric nurses to take the baby afterwards and then you've got a porter and you know there's a there's a whole rake of people yeah. knocking yeah. around and I remember at one point I'm lying there and I had uh, the, the anaesthetist had or anaesthetist. That's the hardest word ever to say. He had given me the um, the spinal tap, the spinal block, and I was lying down and he was doing the ice cube trick, you know, where they run the ice cube down your body to see where oh. you start not feeling it anymore. So he ran okay. the ice cube down from my shoulder and he was like, OK, tell me when you can no longer feel the cold. So it kind of got down to maybe my, my the top of my ribs and I couldn't feel anything. And he was like, OK, it's it has worked. And I was like, fine, great. And then these two women came in, these two lovely little women came in and they were like, my consultant was like, they're just going to give you a quick shave. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, like. Do you know, like, there's a there's they 50 people here. They have a bump. <laughs> oh no, they. This is the thing. Like, they do. And <laughs> you know, look, I was, I was, I had laser sur- or lazy laser hair removal, and I was, it was all very neat. But nonetheless, they did have to give it a quick once over. I was mortified, and I'm lying there, and I'm going, <laughs> I am, I have no clothes on from from the waist down. And there's two little women who went over to give a shit. Like it was just I'm gonna no meet my dignity. Baby. I'm gonna meet my baby. Just keep oh, God, Jesus. Anyway, look, so talk to me again. Back to back to your um your condition. So I know you you named the condition that you had. Hmm. What is it called and what has it meant for you over the last, I mean, 14 months, I suppose. So it's called pudendal neuralgia. So neuralgia, okay. I think, is just like um chronic nerve pain basically okay so yeah it's just like this this pain where my scar is it goes from the scar to like my like my bone and my bum and then all the way down my leg and into my foot (laughs) so it's like it's kind of like sciatica like a burning like my leg now it's not constant but like it's every day but certain things will make it worse like if I'm sitting for ages like my leg will literally feel like it's on fire um oh my god yeah so like that's that's pretty much what's going on and, and did you have was your your tear that they had to to sew up or whatever was that a third degree was third it degree. third yeah. degree okay yeah. and did the this kind of pe- this nerve pain happen after you had surgery on it like after they re-stitched it and stuff or was it more immediate than that no I think it was like a few weeks before I started like really having problems because I had I, I basically had no strength in my pelvic floor like it was a zero like I went to get I went for the physio and she was like okay do it you know like the kegels and I, I yeah. thought I was doing it and she's like Kelly you're not doing anything like come on like I literally couldn't feel down there and she was explaining to me like this is how you do it you know that whole lift and lift to the front and pull and whatever yeah, yeah, I, yeah. that just wasn't making any sense to me I was like I have no concept of what you're saying because I couldn't feel anything down there okay yeah I, like, yeah, I just yeah. don't understand so it kind of started off with just really working on my pelvic floor. So I was doing loads of physio. And once that kind of, um, those symptoms lifted, then I really realized, okay, well, I still have a, a pain. 
Um, so I think it's unlucky. What They don't know exactly what's going on, but they think that there's a nerve going through the scar tissue in that muscle. Okay. So I don't know whether that's just really unlucky or what, but the physio like tries to kind of release the muscle because it's so tense around the nerves. She tries to release it, which sometimes works. Sometimes it makes it worse. So like, it just depends on like what position I'm in when she's, she kind of massages it, which is really gross. But yeah, it just, it depends. Sometimes it's really helpful. Sometimes it makes it worse. So yeah, now the next step is to try, I'm going to go to a pain management clinic and maybe get some injections or something like that to, okay the pain but yeah it's kind of just trial and error to be honest like I don't know I don't really and know do you think the like the pain clinic would that be a case of like ongoing injections or would it be like one or two at the start to you know do they know Possibly. no like there's not that much information online about pudendal neurology mm-hmm. like there's loads of like research studies that I've read but like you know mm-hmm. I barely understand them you know you really yeah. need to listen yeah. to someone's actual experience which there isn't really there's like one girl that I found on TikTok who's had a similar experience but it wasn't from birth and her okay. symptoms were slightly different um so that's the only person that I've been kind of following so I don't know like from what I've read some people can struggle for like up to 10 years could be like a three-year thing you might have to get one injection every year or you might have to get them every three months so it's really just see how I get on that's insane okay I'm about to ask you incredibly disgusting and very personal questions how are things in terms of doing number twos fine I'm actually fine going to the toilet and everything like I haven't had any okay like that so that's a plus so okay that's that's good and it's just pain like certain positions that I sit in I'm like oh god I feel like I'm sitting on on Mm -hmm. like a painful scar and Um, in terms of like the, the 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 tear and the healing of like the actual physical healing of that scar and like say for instance your sex life and all that kind of stuff is is everything okay in that realm yeah like everything looks normal if you were to look at it you could barely even see a scar it's deep into my muscle that's the problem right so the scar itself has actually healed perfectly like okay you can barely and and everything feels okay like everything Everything kind of feels feels fine everything feels normal it's literally just that like nerve pain pain. yeah jesus so it's just i think it's it's just very unlucky and like a lot of people would say to me oh would it put you off having a second one and no not at all because what I've been told by like a few different consultants is like as terrible as it sounds the damage is done now I like yeah. it's not, probably not going to get any worse it's, it's there now so it has happened yeah yeah I'm probably going to have a much well hopefully have a much nicer experience if I go again um so yeah it's just unlucky it's so but unlucky. I do think that maybe not the same exact thing that I have, but there are so many women who struggle one way or the other with their recovery. Like mm-hmm. I honestly thought it was just me. Like when it was going on once and once past that six week thing, I was like, this must just be me. Cause I'd see other moms, like even around my state, looping around the state with their babies and their coffee or on Instagram and stuff. And I was like, why is it just me? But when I put it on Instagram, so many women messaged me and they were like, thank God you said this. Cause I really thought it was, it was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for different reasons, prolapses, I don't know whatever other kind of things c-section things it's not always straightforward recovery unfortunately in fact like it rarely is I think isn't it like I think uh, it rarely is but people I are think just it's actually afraid to say it I don't know afraid to say yeah yeah and I think there's an element as well I don't know if you found this but there's an element I think of people being afraid to say my recovery has taken me 14 months and it's still ongoing because they don't want to scare other women do you kind yeah. of find that yeah I do find that because I was the first to say, like, when I was pregnant, I don't want to hear any negative stories. Like, I don't want to, yes, I don't want yeah. to listen to like, positive birth stories and stuff like that. So, like, I, 
that's what I kind of want to preface this whole story with. Like I had a lovely experience just right up until then. It is just unlucky and it is rare, I think. Um, but I do think there's so much positive stories about birth and all that kind of thing that somebody needs to balance it out. And mm-hmm. I'm not for one second saying that, you know, girls shouldn't post that they're going for a lovely long walk with their babies a week. No, of course, yeah. Like you were saying to me, you're, you were so happy that I had a lovely experience pregnancy-wise. Yeah. I'm happy to see that. But I do think if that's not your reality, but you yeah. are still posting it, don't. Don't sugarcoat it because it's not fair. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very... It's very hard to watch when you must have been the same when you were pregnant. It's very hard to watch someone loving their pregnancy. So I think unless it's really your true reality, mm-hmm. don't don't post it. And has has this gotten so you're obviously kind of feeling positive or feeling like having another child would be something that might mm-hmm. be an option for you down the line, but has it impacted your first year and, and a bit of being a mother like have you felt a bit hard done by the you know by the fact that you've been in this constant pain and you've had to go to continued physio and the perennial clinic and all the kind of stuff 100 yeah the first six months I could not walk I could walk around the estate maybe once one little small loop and I really felt like you know the first couple of months you're meant to be doing your walk then going out and meeting your other mom friends for coffees or whatever it is and I really felt like I was missing out on that like even me and my family, like my mom, dad, and my sister and her daughter went to a Christmas thing last year. So it was like December this this time last year. And I had saved like one really strong painkiller that I got in the hospital. I knew that I was going to be in pain walking around. So I was like, I'm going to save that. Like that's an unreal tablet. Like I'm going to keep that. So like, there was just little things like that that I was like, I shouldn't have to be thinking about this. Like I should be able to bring my son to see Santa and like, you know, enjoy. So I definitely think, yeah, it did. Uh, it did impact things. But like I said, mentally, it was just, it, it consumed my mind. For months mm-hmm. and I really like I did really struggle with that like I just I was blaming myself and like because I had done so many like courses and re- read so many books about like hypnobirthing and all and that kind of thing like I never thought I'd let something not that I'd let something like that happen to me but I wish I I don't know I wish I just wish things went a little bit differently but look here we are do, do you feel like if you had obviously you know when you're in labor and I've heard this from so many people like when you're in labor you are that's a lot to concentrate on you know your your body is doing something that it's never done before if if you're a first-time mother your mind is completely consumed by you know the pain or the the focus of on Mm -hmm. contractions or whatever do you feel like you needed someone to advocate for you to say well actually hang on a second is this really required because like you said you were kind of just like yeah whatever like I, I yeah you know, I don't know you know do you feel like if there had been someone there that was more on your side like say for instance a midnight a midwife who has because I know obviously partners are allowed in and stuff like that like but oftentimes and I, I would say had my husband you know, if there, if there was anything that needed to be decided upon, say during my delivery, he would have just been like, yeah, whatever, like do whatever is, do whatever you think you are the, you are the boss, like the, the medical professions of professionals, excuse me, are the, are in charge here. Do you feel like some, someone advocating for you who had a bit of a, an awareness, like a, a midwife or a doula say, yeah, that thing, things might've gone differently that you might've been allowed to just progress through labor in a more natural way without the intervention 100 I actually encountered a gorgeous midwife on my first visit when my waters first broke mm-hmm. and I was adamant that like I didn't want to be induced like just willy-nilly you know like sometimes they, they, they're kind of like oh juicy or whatever yeah 
I knew I didn't want to be induced. So when I went in, she was like, now your waters have broken. Um, so if by tomorrow you haven't gone into labor, I have you booked in for an induction. And I said to her, look, I, I won't be here for that appointment. Like I'd rather just let it happen naturally. So she kind of knew what vibe I was on then. And she was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to give you a few Instagram um, accounts to follow. And she wrote a few accounts down for me and kind of gave me a little bit of advice. So I think had she been my midwife, yes, the actual birth, it probably wouldn't have happened that way. So it depends on how um, how much they want to adhere to hospital policies, I guess, and you know how their view on the whole birth thing is. But I think, yeah, having like an outside person like a doula would be amazing. Steve was very good, and like I, I made him listen to like certain podcasts and stuff that I was like, this is what I want to do if this happens and this happens, and he did do that to a certain point. But like by the end, it just happened so quick that like. I don't think either of us knew what was actually happening. Like it was just all of a sudden he was born. But yeah, I think someone who really knows what's going on, really knows their stuff mm. will be like invaluable. Um, yeah. Because like you said, I mean, I can't imagine if there's if there's nothing wrong, like if if baby is okay, if your heart rate is okay, if, if their heart rate is okay and things are just taking their time. Mm. Why, you know, I, I'm struggling to understand why that would have been yeah necessary you know I know they actually do a birth reflections um service in the I think they do it in all hospitals where you can go and someone can talk you through your your experience so I think I might do that just to have a, a professional's point of view I've accepted mm-hmm. it now I think at, at about eight months I started to really improve that's when I was able to like go for walks and things like that and I, I felt a little bit more normal and I kind of stopped thinking about it. like I wouldn't really think about this that much anymore but like certainly for the first like six months like I was really upset about it so now I'm fine look I'm it is what it is I'm over it now but um yeah very but eight months eight months is a long time like when you when no, you yeah. said like that the concept of eight weeks was making you you know, know. oh my god how, how am I gonna last eight weeks yeah. For, for that to have gone on for eight months and for you to still like you're you were saying are you you are still going like that was recent mm-hmm. enough that I saw that story you're still going into to yeah. those appointments yeah. yeah I go to the perineal clinic and I remember actually somebody I think I was like maybe four three or four months into going to the perineal clinic and there was a lady sitting beside me and she was like I know it's really tough like I'm six months postpartum and I was like six months and I'm still going there 14 months postpartum. 14 months later. <laughs> I'm just like, like let me out but they're very good and you know, even like I was saying, sometimes the physio doesn't help or makes it worse. They're such good listeners. Like it, it is really good to just be able to go in there and have a moan. Like I don't want to be moaning to my family saying I'm in pain or whatever. So it's nice to just go in and have a little go on a bit of a rager with somebody. You know, and it's <laughs> good. who knows. And it's yeah. also such a <clears throat> it's such an intimate area as well. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be saying like to over dinner or like my arsehole is killing me today because of you know what I mean? like yeah. you just, it's not something that you want to be talking yeah. about to just yeah. your, your family and your pals like, I know I know it's hard um, that's why I'm trying to like as much as I can without you know sound like a broken record try to go on about it a little bit on social yeah, media yeah 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 raise some kind of awareness because I don't really see anyone talking about birth recovery no, no. I can't I can't think of really anyone who no. I know a lot of people talk about the mental side of it, mental health, and that is part of yes, it. Yes, yeah, yeah. But like just physical recovery, like no, yeah. nobody really talks about it. No. And do you find, body. it's so tough on your body. So mm-hmm. tough. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And even like for me, my, my, um, I don't get pain in my scar. I obviously have a C-section scar mm-hmm. and the scar itself doesn't bother me too much. I mean, it's fine. It's, it's f- barely visible to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But 
and it's not pain, but it it, it does get extremely itchy. And Jeez, because it's completely pain. numb, I you can't scratch it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So like, yeah. and that, no one tells you about that. No one says yeah, that you're yeah. going to be, you know, woken up from your sleep at 3 a.m. and your scar will be like reef and itchy. And then you try and scratch it. And oh yeah, it's completely numb. And like, I was even talking to, um, a cousin of mine who is she's a good bit older than me she had her eldest child is like 21 maybe I think he is mm. and I said to her like a few months after I had Lydia I was like she was like how are you getting on and how are you healing from your section because she had a section on on her eldest as well and I was like yeah like it's fine I was like you know my scar is still like the area around my scar is still kind of numb and she was like well Andrew's 21 and my scar is still numb no way yeah these things I know this is I feel like there's so many things postpartum that nobody tells you that nobody tells you and I was literally like what like you are 21 years postpartum and you still can't feel your scar like that just was insane to me but also I wanted to ask you as well before I let you go I need to know so like I definitely felt after I had Lydia like so I had I was in the very privileged position of having private maternity care so I, I had a consultant all the way along the same mm. consultant and she actually delivered my baby which was brilliant because I knew who she was and you know it was a familiar face in the delivery room and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, and when I was pregnant her care was absolutely above and beyond right she was I had her mobile number any issue that I had I text her she would be like come on in let's like check you like with anything whether it yeah. was about me or whether it was about the baby or whatever it was and uh, very much like after Lydia was born I kind of felt now again this is no this is no shade because she was phenomenal and remains phenomenal and if I had another baby ever I would 100% go back to her and I would imagine all consultants are the same way like it very much felt like her job was done because she had successfully seen me through my pregnancy and my delivery my Mm. baby was healthy I was you know, recovering, say, Mm. and it was almost like, okay, you're, that's it. Now you're done. You're like, that's grand. And, and no one really, no one really checks on you. So like, I felt very checked on and very cared for in the hospital. But after that, like the baby was checked on by the, by the, the community nurse, but no one, you know, I had to kind of say to the, to the nurse, will you have a look at my scar and just see how I'm getting on? No one kind of came back to check on how I was. Did mm-hmm. you find that as well? Like, obviously you kind of had a reason to go back and look for more care and more, you know, obviously you had to go back for surgery and stuff, but like in terms of how you were getting on mentally and how you were, how you were finding things health-wise in the first few weeks, did you get any help or did you feel like you'd kind of just been abandoned by the the system? <laughs> Yes, yes and no. Like, no, because I actively looked for help because I was okay. in pain. Like, yes. I think once I was in that, like, system, I was I was seeing someone every kind of month or three weeks, four weeks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I did have really good care, I think. But I do get what you mean. Even just from, like, a like general social point, like, friends and stuff, when they come to your house, they're just straight towards the baby. Like, nobody yeah. really yeah. cares about you. So I, I get it in that sense. But I was saying earlier, my sister had a baby a year before me. So I kind of had a bit of an insight into like what that might look like. So Mm -hmm. I think I was prepared. And I remember like she would joke about it like, oh, yeah, nobody cares about me. Like everyone's just here to see Zoe. So I kind of knew it was going to be like that. But yeah, from like the hospital's point of view, had I 
had a straightforward recovery I probably would have felt the same way as you yeah like Mm -hmm. nobody's really checked in on me like yeah and I remember they do did they do the Edinburgh test on you the the kind of mental health test they don't I don't I don't know if they do it on everyone yeah maybe they do it on everyone but I know (laughs) I failed mine like I I'm pretty sure they were like oh she needs serious help ASAP mentally because I was just I was having such an awful time in the hospital now obviously it it picked up and it ended up being fine but I did feel kind of like where is the postpartum care for mothers you know yeah. why why isn't a a no you know like a an NCT test for moms done after a month and then after two months and then after That's three so months you know? I did find I I actually went public in the rotunda and so I was mm-hmm. on a ward and every day um, a mental health nurse came around all the women and, and asked like how they were doing mm-hmm. now thankfully I did actually feel fine and I think this is one of the things I'm most grateful for that like I really did like bond with Louis straight away and like I did have that like excitement and I I was yeah. I was doing really well and I think if I didn't have that my recovery would have been like so much worse like thank god mm-hmm. I did really you know I, I was really happy and I was doing well I was very supported mm-hmm. but yeah, I think if I if I needed the help, a problem. I don't know what would have happened if I said to her, "Oh, actually, I'm I'm not doing very I'm well," because I was yeah. always saying, "Yeah, I'm fine." Although yeah. on one occasion, I remember Louis was in the little um next to me thing that they have in the hospitals, yeah. and we were both on our sides, and I was just looking at him, and I was crying. But I was, you know, when you're just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I did that," and I I can't believe how cute he is, and I was just so mm-hmm. overwhelmed. And one of the girls, the nurses came in. I think it, was, it wasn't the mental health nurse. It was just one of the the, the nurses. And she's like, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, I was actually just thinking how cute he was. And she's like, now, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, honestly. And she's like, are you sure? So she, I think she would have sat down and chatted with me had there yeah. been something more serious going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether that's, I don't know where you had Lydia. Mm. But yeah, the I had no way. I had her in the Rotunda. And while I was there, the, the midwives are amazing. Like I'm always yeah. saying how phenomenal they were. And they were so kind to me when I was having a complete shit fit like a couple of days after I had her um but I think it was after I left the hospital that I just remember feeling a bit abandoned that was the kind yeah. of the word that kept coming to my mind I just kept feeling like why is no one checking on me I've just yeah. had and massive like, oh, surgery yeah. yeah you know I think especially um, with a c-section like you're very limited with your mobility and like you're yeah. so much put on you yeah and who knows what kind of help you have at home like it is strange that they don't have more resources just to check in even if it's a phone call yeah yeah how are you doing (laughs) yeah that would have that actually would have meant a lot like you know yeah in that that week or whatever it would have been like well actually someone even just the knowledge that someone uh someone with a kind of an awareness of of the medical complications and the recovery and all that kind of stuff because obviously look you have support I had my husband I had my sister my mom like my friends were amazing but like there, there is an element of you want someone who knows things to get in touch with you and say, are you okay? But people that you know are always like, look, everything's going to be better. Sometimes you want someone to just be like, yeah, this is shit. Like, you know, yeah. it's probably going to be shit for a few weeks. You just want someone to be real with you where sometimes your family don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, oh my uh, goodness. So what is your, what is your plan? Your, your, for in terms of the, your condition with um the nerve damage and stuff like that, you're going to a pain management clinic. That's your next step. That's the next step. So I'm just waiting on that now. Okay. Um, yeah hopefully like that's successful I don't know I'm kind of just trying to keep an open mind where I can like like I said I'm, I am doing a lot better so it's very it's much easier now to accept what's going on like I could live like this it wouldn't be 
you know, the worst thing in the world, but like I am in pain every day and I'm uncomfortable every day. Um, but I think because I'm comparing it to what it was maybe six months ago, I'm like, well, it is getting better. So it could continue to get better. Like naturally, I don't know, but hopefully it's uh, it works. I do think as cliche as it sounds, like having Louis, there is some kind of natural pain remedy there that like one, you just have to get on with it anyway. Like he's there, he has to be cared for. And like, that is a good distraction of like what's going on physically, but he's getting to an age now where like he's funny and he's like, he's fun to be around and he's, you know, he's good company that like, I do look at him and think I would do this a million times. You know, I, I, I don't, him, he's more important than, you know, everything that's going on. And like, you know, if, if this is what it takes to have him, so be it kind of thing. Spoken like a true mother. That is how we all feel, isn't it? Like no matter what shit we go through, yeah. no matter what pain we're in and no matter what, like we're all like that baby, that baby is cool. Yeah. And it <laughs> kind of sounds like a lie. It kind of sounds like, oh, I have to say this, but it is so true. And like, yeah. if anyone's yeah. listening that's pregnant or whatever, and I, like, I, I hate to scare anyone. Like mm. it is anything you go through is so worth it for them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just he's so funny and he's just the best thing ever. Like I... I'd, li- I'd lose my limbs for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would love to feel good as well. <laughs> yes, there is that. And you shouldn't have to be in pain. Yeah, and and I'm hoping that problem. when you, yeah, I'm hoping that you're, you're, you know, if you get the uh, pain, pain management under control and all kind of stuff and um, the things improve for you so that you don't yeah. have to be in pain every day because nobody should have to be in pain every yeah, day. Beautiful. And nobody, like, as much as I love that you're like, Louis makes it all better and he makes me feel good. Like, that is so beautiful. And it's such a lovely thing. But you, you still shouldn't have to be in pain every day like sometimes when he's in bed and I'm on the couch at night and my leg literally feels like it's burning like it's up in flames I'm just like what is my life like how did this happen like what is going on like I'm not sitting here saying oh all, I'm all rosy every day saying ah look he makes it worth it he does no. deep down but like I yeah, still yeah. Steve would tell you I'm a moany bitch to be <laughs> so look that's me sometimes oh. I'm allowed to moan I'm like look what you I did are. I moan for the rest of my life absolutely you've made a perfect child you're allowed to mo- that's that license to moan forever anyway Kelly, thank you thank you Kelly so much for telling thank us you. the story of your recovery uh, your ongoing recovery and I really do I hope it um, I hope there's some solution to be found very soon for you and thank you so Light much <laughs> I will all the candles thanks Thank you so much for listening and to Waterwipes, the number one baby wipe brand in Ireland, for their support. Their wipes are made with just two ingredients, 99.9% water and a drop of fruit extract. And they are plant-based and plastic-free. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate, or if you have time, we'd love a review. You can share this episode across social and get in touch with me or this week's guest. Our handles will be on the Every Mom Instagram page.